You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Hey, what's going on, Disco fam? Welcome to Church at Home. So glad you're hanging out with us this morning. If I have not yet had the privilege to meet you, my name's John. I get this amazing opportunity to lead this community that we call Discovery. And I'm excited about the message this morning, but before I jump into it, I just wanted to quickly invite you out to next Sunday, July 5th, to our brown bag Sunday. And, and so basically what we're asking is that you bring your lunch, uh, bring a lawn chair, we're gonna provide the drinks, and we're just gonna hang out at a park and, and just like see each other and hang out. It's gonna be amazing. Now we're still working out the details as far as location, but we do know the time is going to be from 11 to one. And so here's what I'm asking. Follow us on social media. Uh, you make sure that you are on our emailing list in our text uh, list. And this week we're gonna send out an email blast, text blast, is text blast the thing I don't even know? A text blast and, and social media, letting everyone know uh, where the location is gonna be. And we would just love for you to hang out with us. So I, I can't wait to actually see everyone. And also thank you for everyone that showed up uh, this past Wednesday for our park and pray. Those have been phenomenally fun. And so, yeah, now, hey, so I got a question that we're gonna transition into the message. I have a question for you. If you're a parent, are you one of those parents that are super sentimental? Like when your kid makes something at school, you're you're like, you're putting it on the fridge or like you're saving it. Maybe you're a parent of like a 36 year old and like you still have like all like the little collages. Is that you? Just real quick, show of hands. Yeah, so, so that's my mom. My mom is very good. Speaking about being 36, my mom still has little art projects that I made uh, when I was like six and seven. And and some of them, they, they yes, they're great, great but there's other uh, art pieces that, that my mom has kept that I'm like, ma, like, it's just like shredded paper on a piece of paper, glued, you, you know? And so, so I, I, I ask you that because right up front, I am not that person. I actually don't even think my wife is that person. Uh, like we're not, we're not super sentimental when it comes to collages and drawings that, that our kids bring home. In fact, I got in trouble recently. This is when uh, the kids were, were getting out of school for summer break and, and they, would, they brought all, all million of pieces of paper home for, for the parents. Thank you, school. And, um, and so like we were, we were sifting through it and there were just some artwork, like some artwork was great, but there was other things that just like, I mean, a stick figure with a, with a, like a popsicle stick glued to it, uh, like things like that. I'm like, what is this? So like, I, 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 I put it in the trash. Okay. And uh, lo and behold, my little girl goes to the garbage. She looks in the garbage and she sees her artwork, her masterpiece in the trash. And she's like, what is this? I'm like, yo, your mom did it, right? <laughs> no, I didn't say that, I didn't say it. But like, I wanted to, but but I, uh, she's like, what is this, why is this in the trash? And I was like, baby, come on. Like, we kept a lot of the pictures that, that you that you did. We, we kept like the best ones that we think you did. And so we just, you know, like we don't wanna, like we can't keep all of them. So we just thought, you know, because this probably isn't the best one you did. Like, we just thought we would, um, we would recycle it. She's beginning to get mad. She's like, she's like, no, no, I love this picture. In my head, I'm thinking, it's just, it's so simple. There's nothing to this. How is this your favorite? But she was so adamant on the fact that, that this was her favorite artwork. 
And it was amazing because in that moment, in that moment when, when I'm having this conversation with my little girl, here's what hit me, here's what dawned on me, was this idea that the value of her creation was not determined by me, but by her, the creator. So, so she was the creator of this art piece. And no matter what I said, no matter what I thought, it didn't derail from the fact because she created it, it was valuable to her. Now, I begin thinking about that. And, and here's, here's what I realized is that this is really how God views you and me. See, the fact of the matter is God, the creator, who, who I believe in scripture says that created heavens and the earth, uh, man and woman, woman, like God created us. So he's our creator. And in the same way that, that my little girl, when creating that picture, uh, de was determined to let me know, like, no, that picture is valuable. The same thing I believe is true when it comes to God. When it comes to God, he, he say, no matter what you think, no matter what people around you may have said, he, God, I feel like God is saying you are valuable. That there's value. He sees you as valuable. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, we read this, this passage that says we are God's masterpiece. Think about that. The creator of heaven and earth looks at you, looks at me. And he says that we are his masterpiece. Now here's the hard thing, or the sad thing about that, is that if we were honest, if we took a poll, majority of us, we actually don't see that. If we're honest, majority of us, we see our worth, we see our value completely different than how the Creator sees us, how God the Creator sees us. And, and, and really, we, we begin to, to, to see differently a lot of the times because of the circumstances that we've been through, the things, the life that we've lived. It begins to, to pick away at our value and our worth. And we begin to say things like, if I only did this different, if I only said that different, if I didn't do this, or if I wasn't too scared to do that, or, and these things, these choices, these circumstances, these things that we've controlled and things that we can't control, they begin to chip away at how we begin to see ourselves. And all of a sudden, our perspective of ourselves differ in how God sees me and sees you. And this, friends, becomes a problem because if we don't see ourselves the way that God see, sees us, we will never begin to believe 
what God has called us to do. I'll say that again. If we don't begin to see the value and the worth the same way that God sees us, we will never believe or we will have a hard time believing that God has called us to do what he's called us to do. And so, friends, we have to get to this place where we can begin to see ourselves, not through the lens of the circumstances that we've gone through, but rather what Scripture says, how God sees us, how God sees you and how God sees me. Because he's called us to do something great. He's called us to do something amazing. As long as I see my worth, my value, my identity through my pains and my struggle and my own flesh, then I'll never begin to believe that God can use me the way that he created me to live and to, to be used. In fact, we see this very thing in the story of Moses. So if you got your Bibles, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3. I just want to set the backdrop a little bit of, of what's taking place here. Now, if you are unfamiliar with Moses, God uses Moses mightily, okay, newsflash. Um, but but here's, here's what I want you to see, that Moses growing up, getting to the place where God finally used him, Moses had a past. Moses, uh, he, had, he had things that he had to work through. He, he, he had to begin, he had to believe and begin to see himself the way that God saw him. You see, because Moses, he had a past. Moses, uh, Moses, when he was born, his mom had to get rid of him, had to send him away because people were trying to kill him. And so Moses, not only was, was his life threatened at such a young age, but in essence, his, his mom gave him away. He grew up under the reign and under the, 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 the leadership of, of Egypt, and he was raised in an Egyptian household. One day, actually, he was walking and he saw an Egyptian guard begin to beat a Hebrew slave and and Moses, he, he, he dealt with anger issues and, and he dealt with such bad anger issues that in fact, scripture says that he killed that Egyptian guard. And so not only was Moses' life threatened, threatened at, as, a, as a little baby, not only did Moses' own mom give him up, not only did he, did he murder someone, but one day as he's walking, he sees two Hebrew guys fighting. And he's like, yo, hey, you guys shouldn't fight each other. We're family. And they looked at Moses and like, what? Are you going to kill us as well? And Moses, he became scared. And this is the Moses. This is the guy that God decides to use. But what's very interesting to me is that God was not able to use him until Moses began to see himself the way that God sees, saw him. And so Moses, he ran away. He gets a shepherding job and he's tending to his flock one day. And this is Exodus chapter three. He flees. He's shepherding. And then all of a sudden, 
this bush in front of him just the, the, it begins begins to become engulfed in flames and in this bush God began to speak to Moses and in this moment, in this conversation between God and Moses, God begins to tell Moses, hey, my people back in Egypt, they're crying out for help. Imagine Moses being like, yeah, I know, I was there. It's not the best working conditions. It's not the best living conditions. And I can imagine as God is letting Moses know, hey, they need a hero, they need a savior. I can imagine Moses being like, yeah, you're right. They do need someone. And then all of a sudden we get to verse 10 in Exodus chapter 3 and God gives this response to Moses. He says this, So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And so, so Moses, God's like, hey, they need a hero. Moses is like, yes, they do. And then all of a sudden, God's like, you're the hero. Moses is like, ah. are you sure about that? Because remember, how you see yourself determines how you lead yourself. So if you don't see yourself again, if you don't see yourself the way that God sees you, you'll never believe that you can do what he's called you to do. And so when God is like, Moses, you're my man. You're the one that's going to do it. Moses is like, ah, I don't think so. Watch his response in verse 11. He says, but Moses said to God, who am I? Have you ever asked yourself that? Who am I? God's called you to do something. Hey, go talk to your coworker about Jesus. Who am I? Hey, go feed this person. Who am I? Moses, same, same question, question, same response. But Moses said to God, who am I? That I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Moses. Because he didn't see himself where the God saw him. He couldn't believe the fact that God would call him to do what God was telling him. And I love God's response because he doesn't look at Moses and when Moses is like, but who am I? God's not like, yeah, good point, Moses. <laughs> I'm gonna go try someone else. Like that's not what God said at all. In fact, the very next verse, God begins to help Moses see how God truly saw Moses. So what I want us to do in the next moments, last moments, I want you to, I want to give you two ways that God affirms the value that he placed inside of you. Two ways that God affirmed the value that he placed inside of you. And we're going to find that out in verse 12. In the very next verse, he says, And God said, I will be with you. I will be with you. So the first way that God affirmed Moses' value and the first way that God wants to affirm our value is by close proximity. See, in essence, God could have said, Now, nah, Moses, you'll be fine, bro. I got you. I, 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 I'm gonna be back. I'm gonna go back to heaven, and 
and you, you'll be fine. I'm rooting you on from heaven. Like God could have done that. But instead, the very first thing that God affirms is his proximity to Moses. He didn't say, Moses, go to Exodus by yourself. But he said, I am going to be there with you. And so you may be asking, John, how does that affirm the value that God's placed inside of me? And my response is this. It's because God had so much, God saw so much value in Moses that he was willing to link arms with him, to walk with him side by side. Think about that. God saw so God saw Moses being so valuable that he was like, I am going to do this with you. Listen, you got to understand God affirms you, the value that he's placed inside of you because he's willing to have close proximity with you. He's willing to, to, to be there right next to you in whatever you're going through because he values you. And so close proximity is number one. The second thing, second way that God affirms the value that he's placed in you continuation of verse 12 and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt you will worship God on this mountain I love this God he's speaking to Moses and he's like hey I'm not only with you but watch this he said, Moses, the very mountain that you are worrying on, the very mountain where you're questioning your worth is going to be the very mountain you are going to come back around and begin to worship me on. And it's this idea that God is setting up this, this clear promise to Moses that I love you so much. I value you so much. Not only am I going to have close proximity with you, but I'm going to lead you all the way back around. So the very place you worried is going to be the very place you worshiped. As if to say, Moses, I value you so much that I'm going to get you through and I'm going to bring you through and bring you out of to bring you to the place where you're standing at right now and you'll reflect on my faithfulness to you. Friends, God values you. He wants you to see yourself through the lens, sees yourself through the, see yourself through the way that he sees you. He wants you to see yourself the way that he sees you. He doesn't want you to view your, yourself, your value through the lens of what people have said about you, how people have hurt you. He wants you to see yourself through the value, through the masterpiece that you are. In fact, today, 
I want you to know that he values you so much that he was willing to send his son Jesus down to earth to die in place of you of me he sees you as a masterpiece As we're in a critical time right now in life, when our circumstances, our situations, our surroundings all around us has the potential to chip away at our identity, has the potential to chip away at the value that God has placed inside of us. I want to encourage you this morning to see yourself the way that God sees you because he's called you to a God-sized calling, a God-sized purpose. But until you see yourself the way that God sees you, you'll have a hard time believing that you can do what God's called you to do. Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.